Hello, I'm Ant Gould and I'm delighted to welcome you to this special podcast from NMU. Joining me today to talk about the latest cyber trends impacting SMEs and how brokers can help protect not only their clients but their own brokerages are Austin France, Sector Strategy Head at BSI Security and Information Resilience and Matthew Drinkwater, Cyber and Financial Lines Underwriting Manager at NMU. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Ant. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thanks, Ant. Now, that catchphrase for the National Lottery used to be, it could be you. But when it comes to the chances of having a cyber attack on your business, is it perhaps more a case of it probably will be you? According to the most recent data from the government, one in three businesses suffered from a cyber security breach last year. Yet despite that very sober statistic, only one in 10 UK businesses have any cyber insurance at all. And now that so many of us are working from home, thanks to the global pandemic, the risks that a broker, or its clients will suffer from a malicious cyber loss must surely be greater than ever. I personally have no idea what I would do if my computer suddenly flashed up with a scream of death or a ransom demand. So Austin, if I could start with you, as someone who has specialist insight in the cyber landscape across many different sectors, is cyber activity still on the rise? And what impact has this shift to home working had, if any? Thanks, Anne. Well, yes, at BSI, we work with uh, businesses of all shapes and sizes to help them to protect their information and systems. But we do see increasingly year on year uh, cyber attacks uh, are, are targeting businesses of all sizes. And um, the government, as you say, have produced some good statistics around this. They're a good source. And uh, there's a cyber breaches report that the, uh, the government uh, produces every year. This year, they're saying that of the organizations who've had a breach, uh, 20% of those have a material financial or uh, other operational impact on their business. So the, the, I suppose the messages are that the, the, the proliferation of cyber attacks continues to increase. The impact of businesses continues to increase as well. And as you mentioned, the proliferation of home working has only exacerbated the, the issue because you know, historically, when organizations decide they're going to go for a home working policy, you know, they take their time, they evaluate technology and controls. Whereas in some instances recently, people have had to overnight switch from an office environment to a home environment where they may not have the same level of controls in place and protections in place. And this can leave them vulnerable to those cyber attacks. Okay, thank you. And is there any data on the sort of lack of insurance take up amongst businesses? Well, all too often the um, or our own kind of incident response team do work with organizations who, um, who, who have had breaches and all too often they, they don't have any cyber insurance to, to help them to kind of um, to, to remediate the problems. And one of the recommendations certainly by the government reports is that cyber insurance is, is taken up to, to, to help in those instances. Okay, thank you. Now, Matt, Austin did talk about, as, as I say, the lack of insurance take up amongst businesses. And I presume this includes brokers themselves. I mean, you deal with brokers across the UK all the time on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, what do you see as the most common reasons for brokers in particular for believing they don't need to cover their own business? Firstly, I think the situation has actually started to improve amongst insurance brokers recently. There's more and more brokers are now engaging with the cyber topic and becoming more confident around the risks and the scope of the cover available in the marketplace, especially where the cover is actively evolving to respond to some of the real cyber risks that brokers themselves face, such as cyber crime and reputational harm. However, there are unfortunately still too many brokers, as there are many other professional service firms, I must say, 
who mistakenly believe that incidents still simply won't happen to them. Perhaps because they're not a big enough target or perhaps because they rely on cloud technology. Also, some do seem to rely on the silent cyber coverage contained within their professional indemnity insurance policy. But to be successful advocates of this class of insurance, it's important that brokers do invest the time to understand not just their client cyber risk, but their own risk and take it just as seriously as they would do when talking to a client about the risks and the scope of cover available to them. Brokers too need to realise the importance and the value of cyber insurance. And we don't want them doing this once it's too late. In other words, once they've actually suffered a loss. Because it's not, it's not just financial loss insurance brokers are going to suffer in the event of a cyber attack. Their reputations are also exposed. Think about when a, a data breach occurs and confidential client information becomes public. Or if they were to suffer a ransomware attack, which takes their systems offline, and they're unable to continue effectively servicing their clients. Without insurance, how, how are they going to defend an investigation by regulators or determine whether or not to pay a ransom, which nowadays could be valued at hundreds of thousands or even millions of pounds? What they will find out very quickly is that the professional indemnity policy falls a long way short of covering these types of losses or providing the type of response support that a dedicated cyber policy provides to its policyholders. Here at NMU, we believe that helping our brokers appreciate their own cyber exposure will in turn help them feel more confident in transferring this knowledge to their clients. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But of course, we all know about some of the more basic stuff, such as phishing emails. I mean, who hasn't had one from a long lost relative to state wanting to transfer us millions? But Austin, in terms of SMEs and brokers, what are the common types of attack you are seeing? And, and what are the new and emerging ones? Well, and phishing attacks are a classic, you know, so people do get uh, these phishing attempts in their mailboxes on a daily basis. And it only takes one click to, to kind of go wrong and fall foul of these things. So they are very, very common. Um, some will try to redirect you to a different website where you'll enter your credentials and those credentials could be stolen and used to log on to your systems like your email, for example, to, to kind of um, create havoc there. Uh, interestingly, going back to the, the government report, the, the companies that have the biggest impact are the ones that experience a virus or a piece of malware finding its way down to their own systems. So if by clicking on a a phishing link you end up downloading a virus onto your system that's where the biggest impact takes place so um you know as we said that the situation is improving uh some you know we're seeing more customers who are able to to, to withstand the cyber attack without much of an impact but where we do see these uh pieces of malware downloaded onto the networks the impact can be very significant uh things like losing access to your data temporarily hopefully temporarily uh, in which you know where you have a backup you're able to restore and get your data back but the, the most serious breaches tend to be where you don't have a, a backup or other uh, security controls in place where you're able to recover so again going back to the theme of it's not a question of of if it's more of a question of when and, and how well prepared are you in those instances however the malware or the uh, the, the 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 attack has uh, impacted your network or your systems Okay, and with, the, and with the likes of AI and the way technology is moving, I mean, are we seeing any more sophisticated attacks that people might not be aware of? It, it tends to be, um, 
you know, I think there are more sophisticated attacks being being um, targeted against all businesses, but it tends to be a kind of an industrial thing whereby they're just targeting so many businesses. As I say, it just takes one click to fall foul of it. So, you know, th there are many uh, attacks that just go for the most basic things like weak passwords, like um, people using the same password for different lots of different websites, uh, like, you know, as I say, clicking on, on emails from sources that you don't quite trust. You, know, you should always ask yourself, do I know where this email has come from? Do I trust that email source? And, you know, if in doubt, pick up the phone and, you know, ring the, the source and say, look, did you send me an email before before going ahead and clicking? Because as you say, you know, there's a lot of talk about sophisticated attacks, but, you know, in, in most cases, it's quite basic. The things that the attackers tend to kind of succeed with are, as I say, things like weak passwords, not patched systems, and other basic uh, cyber controls that are not um, kind of necessarily in place, which could be easily in place. Okay, thank you. And Matt, obviously, from your perspective, have you come across any examples of where insurance brokers themselves have been victims of cyber attacks? Yeah, unfortunately, I have. Um, in, the, in the particular examples we've seen, an insurance brokers' email account has been hacked, and they were then impersonated by by a fraudster who tricked one of the broker's clients into making a renewal premium payment into a false bank account. As far as the client was concerned, they paid the premium, but the broker hadn't received it. So there was a problem. I can only imagine the difficult conversations had between the broker and the client here, never mind the, the pressure it must have, must have put on their relationships. Yeah, thank you. Obviously, you know, in all of these things, prevention is the first line of defence for any risk. But cyber can seem very intimidating, certainly is to me, to even the most computer savvy. So, Matt, how can a broker best assess their own business's vulnerabilities? It has to start with understanding the data that the broker's holding, as well as the operational environment that they're operating in. They need to assess and then categorise the data, ask themselves, is it personal data, sensitive personal data? corporate data, once, once this is understood, then the broker can then start to identify their particular crown jewels and consider how best to protect them. Similarly, what systems are critical to their continued operations and how should they be secured? There are some industry risk management standards that can be considered to help the process, such as ISO 27001, or NIST cybersecurity framework, and perhaps more frequently and easily encountered PCI data security standards or Cyber Essentials and Cyber Essentials Plus. Cyber Essentials, to be fair, is, is perhaps the best place for them to start. We've seen this has been adopted as a minimum standard for government supply chains, and it's really, to be fair, the, the gateway to better cyber risk management in general. It can be achieved and certified using the help of specialist consultants or perhaps even more conveniently for brokers by using an online portal such as Berea's Cyber AMI product, which actually provides free modular training and assessments that can be completed by the brokers or any business at, at their own pace. They're also presented in very plain English, which is, which is obviously a bonus to see. However, there are some simple steps which everyone can take such as having strong passwords or phrases, adjusting the settings in email to cut out many phishing emails, applying multi-factor authentication for network logins, especially for 
system administrators, senior management, etc. And, and then finally, secure any sensitive data with encryption. Encrypting laptop hard drives and having remote wiping capabilities mean that lost mobile devices needn't give management sleepless nights anymore. Frequent backup procedures which are tested and known to work can be critical to the recovery process once the defences have been penetrated. But as always, both the strongest and weakest link in a broken armory can be its own people. So training, education and awareness are all vital, particularly for key functions and, and management. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly some good points there. And I think um, from a personal point of view, a few things I need to do myself to make sure I'm better educated. But clearly prevention cannot stop everything. So Matt, um, what should a good insurance cover sort of really include? I think it goes without saying that a good cyber insurance policy should provide all the expected first and third party covers, as well as having an extensive cyber crime section. Whilst having the, the right insurance policy can protect against financial loss, the cost of cybercrime can be about more than just money. Uh, where brokers are involved, even if the money's eventually recovered, the impact and the stress of being involved in an incident can be huge. For an insurance broker, there can be significant reputational impacts of being caught up in a cyber event. So one tip I would give any broker who's considering buying cyber insurance to make sure that the insurance policy that they do choose provides business interruption cover for lost customers due to damage to reputation and just importantly doesn't limit it financially but provides cover to the full policy limit just as importantly as all of that that the backbone of any cyber policy is the integrated cyber response service it provides as that's what the clients relying on in the event of an incident. So one of the first things I'd urge anyone to do who's comparing policy covers is to make sure that they pay particular attention to this and delve deep into the cyber incident response service provider to ensure that it's a recognized market leading company who offer cyber incident management, technical forensic investigation, legal advice and notification, web and credit monitoring, and public relations services. Finally, brokers, you do need to look at the threats which we've mentioned earlier. Look at the methods that criminals are using to breach networks and attack systems, and also look at the potential for crime. Using that knowledge is gonna help them understand both theirs and their client's needs when choosing the correct level of cyber insurance protection. Thanks, Matt. Now, we're almost out of time, so one last quick question for you both. What one message would you like brokers listening to this podcast to take away? And what one action should they take? Austin, perhaps I could start with you. So I'd say, you know, at BSI, we're working with companies of all sizes. And the key message is around awareness, regardless of the size. So be aware of how a cyber incident could affect your business. And remember, the incident could occur outside your four walls within a supplier or even a staff member working from home. So with this awareness, consider how you would recover from the incident. Okay, thank you, Austin. And final word for you, Matt. Yeah, I think I'd like to say that, that cyber insurance, not even our own CyberSafe policy, will instantly solve all of your cyber security issues. And unfortunately, it's not going to necessarily prevent a cyber attack either. But what it will do is help your business recover a lot quicker than if you opted to not insure your risk. 
And to be honest, without it, I'm sure a lot of businesses would actually never recover, I'm afraid to say. But the one final thing I'd like to say before I go is that insurance brokers are in a unique position. They've been able to lead by example in an area of risk that's only going to get very big very quickly. True that. And thank you both for your time. Now, clearly, cyber is something that is not going to go away and will only continue to increase in importance as technology increasingly underpins how we all do business, particularly for the next year or more as we work our way through this um, ghastly pandemic. As we've heard today, cyber is not an IT issue, but a business one with operational, financial and reputational impacts. Now, I hope all those listening have learned something today. And for those looking for more in-depth commentary, advice and information on how they can protect their own business, please go to the CyberSafe area of NMU's website. That's all for us today. Thanks for listening and please stay safe.